1: Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to discuss a play that I would not call iconic in Ravens history, and yet it it had a special meaning to our guest today that I want him to kind of explain and, and, and take you through, because I think it's a very interesting perspective. Joining me today, Kai Degner. Kai, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: I right, love having you on and, uh, and uh, always uh, love meeting new people through this show, and this is a great opportunity. We'll talk about that at the end, how you can get in if you'd like to out there. Uh, but uh, the play we're going to talk about is Courtney Upshaw's sack of Ben Roethlisberger. Which happened in a Thursday night game in 2014, and the first question that comes to mind is why is that special? To, to kind of take us through a little bit of the lead-in, Kai.
2: Absolutely. Well, first of all, it was my first Steelers game. You know, Ravens Steelers game, and when you look at the season and you think about what games you want to go to, you know, that's that's the one you want to go to is Week Two, and all summer long you're looking forward to going to just a Raven Steelers game and it was on Thursday night football. So, you know, you're going to be a night game at home against the Steelers. Uh, that, that's what you want to be as a fan. You want to be in that, that spot. Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, and it's going to be on September 11th. So, you know, it's going to have that special uh, emotional component to commemorate that day. Um, meanwhile, the Ray Rice story had been developing along all this time we knew and. February of that year that, um, you know, that, that he'd been arrested and then there was an initial video that came out over the summer. He was suspended for two games and uh, all that had been trickling all the way through. It was really, um, you know, a terrible situation. And then the video came out from inside the elevator that, that showed the assault, which was awful. And there was A media frenzy around how did the NFL handle it should Goodell resign and then that trickled down into even 48 hours before the game a two-game suspension being switched to an indefinite suspension and Steve Bashotti issuing an apology for how the Ravens handled it so all of a sudden you're not only walking into a Ravens Steelers Thursday night week two game you are part of the media narrative as a fan walking into the stadium and the the Raven Steelers rivalry part was the last thing that was certainly on my mind walking into the stadium where you kind of wonder if you should even be there as a fan is being there somehow tacitly supporting what has been acknowledged at this point by the NFL and Bashadi is not a situation that had been handled well. And uh, you know, it's September 11th and you're just, it's really a surreal moment. One person over here is wearing a Ray Rice Jersey, you know, with a big X on it. Somebody over here is wearing the Ray Rice, jersey, Jersey sort of proudly uh, which was kind of obnoxious and and not really what you want. So you just didn't really feel like you were walking into a football game at the time. So that that's kind of the the context for this. I'd I'd say. All right. I mean, that's, that's obviously that's
1: quite a backdrop uh, coming into this and Courtney Upshaw uh is the protagonist of this play uh take t- take us up to that a little bit in terms of the game and the situation and, yeah. and and why you picked the play
2: to start with sure so the game starts well well first of all with with any top plays i was listening to the bart scott you know episode in your mm-hmm. series here it just reminded me of of this play and uh who doesn't want to talk more about Ben Roethlisberger getting hit. Uh, it was the Steelers get the ball first and um, it's still sort of an uneasy crowd situation. They don't get it very far on first and second down. It's third down. You have the the normal cheering happening and the play happens. Roethlisberger drops back uh, three Ravens linemen converge on him. You got Suggs on one side and a fee on the other, somebody else coming up straight in the middle and Roethlisberger does looks like he's about to do his, magic thing and he ducks out to his right and has absolutely no protection as Upshaw just drills him and from the stadium side everybody's going wild because we thought we just forced a, a three and out and uh on the first drive with a big sack of Roethlisberger you know everybody's going wild and is excited and then Ed Hockley head ref gets on you know, the intercom and says, you know, roughing the passer and the stadium switches from, you know, being ecstatic to more booze than I've ever been a part of. And it was, it was that moment for me, one, a huge hit that being in the stadium, I was incensed was called a, uh, roughing the passer, but, uh, it also seemed to put everybody in that stadium at the football game and and remove them from or me at least from being part of this media narrative now we were just back we we're back in a Raven Steelers rivalry and uh, it was a game we had to win we had lost the week one against the Bengals that season mm-hmm. and um, uh, we you know had just lost our running back obviously for appropriate reasons and uh, we went on to win that game I think 26 to six Flacco had had a couple touchdowns so uh, that was the um that was a moment that stuck out to me that again, isn't iconic in many ways. It's the sack that never was Roethlisberger. I've seen acknowledges this as the second hardest hit that he's taken uh, other than the Bart Scott hit.
1: Wow. Okay. I, I did not know that uh, Courtney Upshaw who delivered the hit uh, is a player who should have known better. And, and that's kind of would be the words I would tag on Upshaw's entire career as he should have known better uh, career with the Ravens, eight personal fouls and five sacks, he would add two more sacks when he was with where was he Atlanta or whatever wherever his next stop was. Yes, Atlanta, uh, but but eight personal fouls and and five sacks is not the kind of ratio you want.
2: <laughs> Absolutely not. And when preparing for this, this, is the first time that I actually looked up the the tv play Mm -hmm. so there's a there's a link where you can find it that has the tv coverage on it and the commentator just immediately recognizes that it's roughing the passer and why i mean Upshaw took his helmet right right into his chest um now harbaugh in his interviews afterwards Upshaw was fined sixteen thousand dollars for this hit uh harbaugh says i don't know how to coach him differently there uh basically from harbaugh's perspective there is no other way for Upshaw to hit. So maybe some of that reputation had already been developing and the, the ref was quick to run the flag. I'll tell you, I was on the end zone side of this. So I saw it from the back and it just looked like the cleanest hit ever. And it did that way for you know the other 60,000 people in the stadium yeah. for sure I mean it was a play where he
1: didn't go into Ben's Chen with his helmet but he definitely it's almost like he lowered his head helmet to avoid that so it was more like a what would have been in the 70s called a spearing penalty that they that they you know wanted to avoid obviously in 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 those terms uh Upshaw either had to get his head up or turn to the side it would have been difficult. To, to to do it and continue with the, uh, uh, you know, to take down Roethlisberger on the play. But heads-up football, now that they teach to the kids, that's what they're trying to do is, is avoid that helmet-to-helmet uh, contact during tackling. I think if in this particular case, given his height and Ben's height, I think he would have come in right on the chin if he did try to go in heads-up. I don't I don't think it would have changed anything in terms of the penalty call because I think it would have ended up being a helmet-to-helmet hit. It might have ended up being a less severe hit, in which case if you're taking the penalty – Put Roethlisberger on the ground as hard as you can is, is would be my advice. I mean, it's just uh, – uh, in, in Harbaugh's case, I understand his frustration with it. Um, he's very careful in terms of after the game trying to avoid fines and avoid uh, retaliation from the league for this part. And, and part of that is that he's on the competition committee, and I think he needs to be careful
2: about what he says in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he acknowledged he wanted to be careful, but I think it was also um I mean, what what else can you do? It it wasn't at all helmet to helmet if people can't picture it. I mean, his as, as helmet goes, mm-hmm. you know, Rothelsberger dodges, his chest is um, you know, facing the most field yep. and he has nobody in front of him. And I mean, it it happens so fast and, you know, Upshaw is already running when Ben pops out and just hits him. So, um i think for me that that emotional um you know switch was was part of this context you know you're, you're almost it was almost okay to be a football fan again in the stadium or and and of the ravens uh given all that you know really unfortunate context around it so um and i you know i don't mean to take anything away from the the bigger issue that was the rice ray rice story but um it definitely stood out to me and in many ways it's the sack that that never was yeah i, I there's a
1: I, I you know i sense a level of social consciousness and i don't want to go away from that but i do want to turn back to the football side for for a second here and just say that uh upshaw he, he had one big play for the Ravens in his career it was the forced fumble in Super Bowl 30 47. Uh, after being drafted 35th overall, he's one of the classic Ravens trade downs into the top of the second round. Uh, obviously, the pick did not work out the way the Ravens would have liked, but Upshaw did play all 64 of his games with the Ravens, was healthy the entire time, uh, and that's something uh, unfortunately uh, just just not a real part of, uh, of of anything personally. His 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 career was was an underachievement. Uh, I will say, on the play, watching it again and seeing McPhee did what he did on that team, that is classic McPhee driving the pass rush up the middle. Now, Suggs got a decent bull rush on that left side to push his man into Roethlisberger, which helped start the entire thing. McPhee is the incredible disruptor in the middle, um, basically setting up the uh, uh, the wave of defenders to roll over Roethlisberger. And that's the way I remember him. From that 2014 season, as being the guy who really drove the pass rush from the middle of that of that team that had uh, Dumerville and Suggs on the outside. Dumerville actually got half the
2: sack, or the half of a sack that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, right. He must have been the one that, that the third one that was at the top mm-hmm. of the triangle that was converging on on Roethlisberger. It ends up on that drive. It ends it turns into a 14 play drive that the Steelers fumble on. Mm-hmm. That the Ravens then respond with a 15 play drive to go score a touchdown. So I don't remember a lot of 15 play drives in the Flacco days, but that, that was uh, that's a pretty good drive. Yeah. There, there was definitely
1: more offensive variance. It wasn't a lot of staying ahead of the, uh, ahead of the chains. You had more, more big plays and and more runs for nothing uh, during, during the Flacco area, to be sure. Flacco era, to be sure. And Ray Rice never came back. Um, you know, I, I, I thought the odds were reasonable at that time that he might get another chance to play against say the following year uh, his marriage seemed to be going okay outwardly in terms of social media I don't know what has since happened if they're still together or uh, you know what may have happened in the in the intervening time uh, but uh, but she was very supportive and tried to tried to you know support him in getting a second chance. And uh, it just did not uh, uh, end up working out. He'd not had a good 2013 season um, as a football player after signing a huge deal with the Ravens, and so this was the second year of his big contract. Correct?
2: I I don't remember those details myself. Okay.
1: All right. That's I I believe that to be the case, and and uh, he was he was on the franchise tag. They they signed a multi year deal. It was about five years, forty million, or four years, forty million in that range. Uh, for that period. It's one of the times the Ravens have really regretted signing a running back, it, it, both for the fact that his first season under contract was not particularly good, and then obviously for this happening and is, is going to make nothing good <laughs> in terms of that. It's, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, it, the contract became sort of similar to Earl Thomas in terms of some off-field issue really being the catalyst in the team having to get rid of a player, and uh, really unfortunate. Ray Rice, I, I've met him once. It seems like a very nice young man and uh really sad that this kind of thing just happened and uh um you know just just hope that that uh he and his wife uh were able to get by it
2: yeah yeah well appreciate you opening up the possibility to talk about games or, or plays that are just uh that stick out in mm-hmm. in fans mind so i take i, I encourage other listeners that, that if you remember a play uh, a play that isn't you know in this case it was a penalty <laughs> yeah um you know reach out to you and uh i know i appreciate the opportunity to talk about it well thanks for coming on kai where can people talk football with you if they want to sure just at kai degner on twitter k-a-i-d-e-g-n-e-r all right. Outstanding. Other folks, Kai kind
1: of did the promo for this already, but just hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. I'll get back to you very quickly. And the total time from idea to now we're recording, about how much time? About 10 days, maybe?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just hit you up last week and you gave me some times to schedule and sent me a link and we're we're good to go. Outstanding. It really is that easy, folks. And please don't have any uh,
1: microphone fears. It's a You're in a safe space here uh, in terms of the discussion. Kai, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study.